be like water. And then we had a conversation in class about like, well, what does that mean? All right, first of all, if there's no, and you have them extra blue cheese. If you don't have extra blue cheese, don't even bring the plate over. I like the forearms more, you know, than the, than the, uh, the biceps. Yeah. Put it right in, pull it right out. You get two bones. If you do it right, you, get, you do it right, like in New York, you only have two bones left. Yep. Uh, with Notorious B.I.G., again, top tier. The dude was was unbelievable. Uh, his lyrics, his flow, and his influence, I think, on on, on the rap game and the hip-hop game at that time was was unparalleled. And whether it was a, a hokey story or not, but during the 2016 Olympic Games, I remember the commentators came out and they said, you know, this may be quite an interesting thing this year. The Javelin Olympic champion in 2016 in Rio was a man who, when he was at least this is how I remember the story. He, he said, well, how did you learn how to javelin? And the guy says, YouTube. Yeah, that's where I kind of stumbled onto it. Um, I was trying to see how Mike Allstott trained because this dude was a freak. And I figured if I could lift like him, I could do the stuff he does. So I kind of, that's where I started researching that and found out that he was using chains. And then that kind of led me, kind of stumbled on some articles from Dave Tate and Louie. The they feel like the guy across from them is faster. So they gotta get their hips turned so they can mirror them and play more basketball. It's like no, stay strong, use your strength and body, punch, sit down, and control the guy across from you. Because if he's faster than you, he's not stronger than you. Oh, bone. Uh, yeah, that's a little bit. That's a little bougie. That's a little bougie. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Buffalo style chicken tenders. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's no good. That's out. That's soft. Yeah, that, that's that. soft. If you can't enjoy going to work, you shouldn't go there, you know? If you can't enjoy the people that you're around, you know, that that just isn't something you need to be a part of. It's toxic, in fact. So, you know, you just have to move on. You know, we're kind of all a sum total of everything we've done. But when we bump in each other's lives, no, we don't really know what that is. But I, I love finding out about people's stories. Listening to the Iron Dread Podcast. Here we are, live to record after a technological struggle of about, I don't know, an hour. An hour here, at least. Yeah. Yeah, an hour, a technological struggle. Um, Rick Munir, head technology director at Dexter High School. If you are hearing this, I need your help. Uh, I'm your host, as always, guys, Chris Whitaker. Uh, we're back with another episode. Uh, we can't get the video feature to work. But this this one here, I'm sitting in studio live with two special guests. Uh, you can't see them, but you will be able to hear them. First, to my right at the table. Uh, hello, I'm Charles Munson. You're supposed to wait for me to introduce oh, you. Okay. Do you not know how this works? No, I, mean, I don't. I'm kind of new to this. Yeah, I know, Charles. Uh, you heard it. His name is Charles Munson. He is one of our student athletes here at Dexter High School. Uh, Charles has been a longtime basher of the show. Um, so now he's here to be on the show, and let's see how good he does. Also the most hated heel at Dexter High School, Charles Munson. None of that is true. That is true. Extremely excited. <laughs> and yeah, I'm good. You okay. are. I'm glad. Good. Glad you are. Um, and to my left at the table here, live that you can't see, former guest of the show, 
broadcaster extraordinaire, statistician extraordinaire, Mr. Rob Dubay. Glad to be back. It's been a while. Uh, I think the last time I was here, we talked about uh, Biggie. And now we have quite the uh, topic today, which I, I really want to get into. We've been waiting about an hour to get into this topic, haven't we? Uh, yes. Welcome back, Coach. The last time you were on, we were talking about the notorious B.I.G. But today, gentlemen, we have an epic, an epic event. The first ever Iron Dread podcast, Snake Draft. Our topic in celebration of Shark Week, which is happening this week as this podcast airs. We are going to draft our top five sharks, and we're going to assemble the most deadly oceanic team that ever existed. <laughs> yes. What are your pre-draft thoughts right now, Mr. Dubé? Uh, well, we did a little uh, random drawing for our order, and I think now that I know what pick I'm at, I think I have a pretty good approach on how I want to do this. For, for listeners at home... The way a snake draft works, um, typically this is something you see in fantasy football. Uh, depending on how many number of people you have involved in your group, basically what happens is you have an order, and then it will kind of snake its way back to the start. So our pre-draft went as follows. Chris Whitaker has the first overall pick. I have the second overall pick. And Charles Munson will have the third overall pick. Now, the way to work is as we get into our sharks here, uh, Whit's going to have the opportunity to have the first selection, then I'll take the second selection, and he'll go to Charles at third, and then he's going to draft again. So he'll go back to back, and it snakes its way back, so it goes back to me, and it will go back to Coach Whit, and Coach Whit then uh, will have a chance to go back to back picks and we'll move, uh, until each of us has our top five. So that's kind of how it works. Um, now that I know that you have first pick, I already have a game plan because I'm a, well, who, who knows? There could be some surprises here. But uh, that, folks, is how a snake draft works, and we'll get rolling here in just a little bit. Charles, any uh, pre draft thoughts here from you? You know, I'm just really excited to crush you, too. Uh, I feel like I've got a good position. I'm glad that I'm, me. I'm third, so I get to pick twice in a row. Uh, generally excited. Um, those folks at home cannot see, uh, but Charles Munson is wearing his WWF t-shirt the world wildlife fund not the wwf that i am a big fan of but i am a man of the animals without the uh wwf there would be no sharks and there would be no podcast today so let's be a little appreciative of the world wildlife foundation the world wildlife foundation stole a great great acronym from the world wrestling federation which is the true wwf but without any further ado let's get into our topics all right let's get into our draft here live to record of course so i have the first overall pick lucky me with the first overall pick i mean if there is there really any other shark to pick uh first overall if you are assembling a just dominant oceanic team to to just rule the oceans um literally there's no better first round pick than of course jaws himself the great white shark an average between 13 and 20 feet i think they can weigh over three tons you know jaws big enough to swallow us whole uh, i mean it, it, 
there is there is no greater king. Um, the great white shark actually has um, three hundred and fourteen unprovoked attacks on humans, which, by my record, is the most unprovoked attacks on humans. Maybe you guys would prove me wrong, but I think the white shark is the the odds-on favorite for the first overall pick. Any comments? I mean, it's it's a superstar. It's a superstar of the animal kingdom. The great white shark is an apex predator. Uh, it's something that will eat anything in its path. It will go after whales. It will go after uh, massive uh, fish. It will go after humans, as you mentioned. Uh, and it's it's kind of in folklore. You look at Shark Week, and I would say 70 to 80% of Shark Week is devoted to the great white shark. So no-brainer there for you with the first pick. I think it's a solid choice. I was looking, and I will post when we, we shared this. Uh, my wife actually sent me the schedule lineup for Shark Week, and I believe it's Tuesday night is Air Jaws Top Gun, <laughs> which I'm excited for. That, that'll be good. That'll be good. Air Jaws Top Gun. The White Shark... I mean, we we haven't we didn't even talk about the uh, Polaris uh, attack of the white shark, like where they swim down underneath the unsuspecting prey item is at the top of the water, and the shark accelerates from the deep, launching itself several feet into the air while leaving its victim, um, rendering them helpless. Didn't even know it was coming. Great white shark, first overall pick. I could talk about them all day, but we're going to move on to our second pick. And that second pick goes to you, Mr. Rob Dubay. Yeah, so a lot of choices here, a lot of options. But I'm going to go with my guy, the great hammerhead shark. So uh, this species is actually um, on the verge of extinction. There's not too many of them remaining. Uh, hammerheads are typically uh, hunted and poached. A lot of the, their fins are considered delicacies for, like, uh, shark fin soup. Um, so that in itself is, is, is rather sad. Uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, shark recognition, I think people think great white first. And I think if I'm going to look at other sharks, I'm going to say hammerhead second. Um, so the great hammerhead shark, again, up to about 20 feet sometimes, uh, it's a little bit more slender, uh, can be you know closer to a ton in terms of weight, uh, doesn't really attack humans. So it has a diet where it's mostly eaten on crustaceans and, you know, octopi, it's eating those kind of things. It's eating uh, various types of fish. So it doesn't necessarily attack humans. Uh, it's a rare instance where it occurs. But I think one of the things that fascinates me about the hammerhead is just the, the, the cool head, man. It, it, is, it looks like the hammer it is uh, something that you you see often in, in media. It's something you see often in, you know, posters for vacations. You see the hammerhead shark. Uh, for me, and this, is, this goes into... You know, Coach Witz and I's 90s nostalgia. There was an old cartoon in the 90s called Street Sharks, and one of the sharks was a hammerhead. And, like, that was the dude that stood out to me most. So um, I wanted to go with the great hammerhead for number two, and uh, I think it's it's a, a pick that's worthy. Uh, but, again, a species that is, you know, in some tough times, and hopefully they can uh, stave off extinction. Yeah, I mean, the great or giant hammerhead, um, massive, massive fish. Um, they, again, as you said, don't attack humans as much as what we see, but it's still a 20-foot-long fish. Um, I mean, I wouldn't want to mess with them. 
Yeah, I wouldn't want to get in a street fight with it either. And, I mean, street sharks, Charles. I mean, you're too young to know this, uh, but street sharks, high quality, high quality show. Couple of guys become mutated sharks, uh, and they go around <laughs> fighting crime. That's lovely. It's great. It's great. Uh, I'll show you a picture uh, of the of the street sharks, Charles, so you can catch up. Um, all of our listeners, right? Google street sharks. All right. So we are three quarters of the way, or two thirds, I guess we should say, the way through the first round. Charles Munson, what is your first overall pick? I'm gonna have to go with the shortfin mako, uh, the fastest shark in the ocean that can reach speeds up to 31 miles per hour. Uh, you know, just an all-around great candidate with nine total fa- human fatalities uh they also are known their favorite food is uh swordfish which is probably one of the scariest fish in the sea if you have to ask me i mean you got a quite a large quite a large nose and very sharp so that is that is my re- main reason for choosing the uh the mako short fin mako fast guy fast shark likes it i i, I get i get the connection he's really more of a fast talker i think this guy over here, uh, Charles Munson. But yeah, great pick with the short fin mako. Um, as you, as you said, fastest shark in the ocean, fastest fish in the sea. Um, they had a couple an episode on, I believe it was last year, where they topped the clock, uh, the the top speed of a mako. And what was the top? You said thirty four miles per hour. Thirty one miles an hour swimming. Yeah. That, that's that's a fast fish. You ain't gonna get away from that sucker if he wants to get to you. No. no. All right, so with his first overall pick, Charles takes some speed here. As with the snake draft, we will start round two. Just a recap, first overall pick, the Great White Shark by yours truly, the Great Hammerhead, the second overall pick by Coach Dubay, and Charles with the short fin Mako. Charles, your first pick of the second round. I'm going to have to go with the Greenland Shark which is uh, actually a basking shark, uh, so it doesn't really eat meat, but uh, it, can, it is the, one of the largest sharks, second to the whale shark. Uh, it is over, it can be over tw- they can be over 21 feet and as heavy as 1,000 uh, pounds. They, the meat of the Greenland shark is also poisonous, so if anything takes a bite out of it, it's not, not going to end well. Uh, they are often, they can often li- reach lives up to 300 years, and... Just, uh, I think they're really cool. I really like a non-aggressive shark, and you know, I think it's a great team player. Um, the Greenland shark, uh, not one that I would expect to go this early. Uh, interesting fact about the fact the that the shark's uh, skin is actually poisonous. So if something did take a bite out of it, I mean, if we're talking about ruling the ocean with our with our team of sharks here, um, you know, nothing can. I don't know. It almost seems like nothing can kill it. But I mean, taking a bite out of it. Uh, you know, could cause it to bleed out, but it would then kill whatever shark uh, or whatever animal attacked it. Uh, interesting, interesting, interesting. Now the Greenland shark, not as well more well known. Uh, don't they live in very cold water climates? Actually, the colder the water, the happier the Greenland shark. And they don't they don't look like like a white shark. When we look at a white shark, we think like, all right. That that sucker's aggressive. That's that sucker's gonna you know gonna eat you. Um, you know, also that's put in our brain with jaws. But the 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 Greenland shark, um, more more, of, more like a whale almost. Yeah, a gentle giant. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, 
Charles, with the Greenland Shark, first pick of the second round, All right, Coach Dubay, what is your pick? Well, this this leaves a lot on the table now. I thought there might be uh, another, uh, you know, pretty famous shark taken there by, by Charles, but he went with the Greenland Shark. So I am going to take the Tiger Shark. And Tiger Shark, to me, uh, often is associated um, with being hyper-aggressive, being stealthy in terms of how it approaches its uh, prey. Uh, it's an animal that is often in the top five in terms of most dangerous sharks. Uh, it can be found in most waters. It's going to be pretty much a lot of times associated in the Pacific Ocean, places like Australia, but it can also be found in the Caribbean. But the tiger shark really um, is known for uh, a fun fact, and maybe not so fun, is that unfortunately, they're a, a creature that will essentially eat anything. So they call it a garbage feeder. So they'll basically eat um, anything in the ocean. And as we know, there's a lot of stuff in the ocean. So unfortunately, that affects their habitat, it affects their environment. Um, but the tiger shark is uh, known for its tiger stripes. It's known for its appearance. It's not as nearly not nearly as big as the great hammerhead or the great white shark. It's roughly you know 12 to 15 feet across. Uh, but they can get pretty bulky, and they uh, again, are often very dangerous in shallow waters. So the tiger shark, uh, to me, that seemed like a no-brainer for that second pick. Oh, I mean, absolutely. The the tiger shark, probably second to the great white, in my opinion, as far as one that's gonna you're gonna hear about attack stories uh, with the tiger shark, for sure. Great pick. Often seen people vacation in the tropics, running into tiger sharks. Um, they, I remember, I believe it was last year again, I should have researched my Shark Week episodes, but they actually put a tiger shark into that state of tonic immobility where they were able to flip the tiger shark over and render it where it could not move. Um, but I mean, again, still one of the, the top predators of the ocean, the tiger shark, strong second round pick for Coach Dubay. Uh, so that brings me to my first pick of the second round. And, uh, you know, Charles picking this Greenland shark here really left, as you said, left a lot of great greatness on the table. So I'm taking it, right? If if you're talking about the three most deadly sharks or most interactive sharks with humans as far as having bad things happen, it's that bull shark. Right? You, you talk about uh, arguably the bull shark, one of the – you, you talk about scary predators in the ocean where it was a, a human going into their territory. Uh, bull sharks been known to populate both salt and fresh water. Uh, they found the bull sharks swimming up the Mississippi River as far north as southern Illinois. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a long way for a saltwater fish to travel. Uh, bull shark responsible for a hundred attacks on humans, right? over a hundred attacks. Uh, they will eat anything, too. If it if it swims by by them, uh, they're gonna eat it. You mentioned the tiger shark being a vicious predator in shallow water. The bull shark even more so. All right, not afraid to uh, come up and take a bite out of somebody in you know waist deep water. Um, we've seen a lot like uh, the bull shark common for like biting off somebody's calf muscle right? because that's the how deep uh, of water 
that it can uh, it can go it. Uh, any comments on the bull shark, Sir Charles? No, I, I think it's a great choice, to be honest. I feel like I almost neglected that option. Um, <laughs> feeling a little feeling a little uh, scared with these uh, current these current picks. We told you you were gonna lose this, right? Oh. Like we, we've been we've been shark fans for years. <laughs> I feel like I'm outmatched here. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, you are. <laughs> any comments on the bull shark? Well, I mean, you hit the nail on the head with the fact that it can be in fresh water and salt water, and that here's the thing. I'm going to lay this out there. A lot of people don't know this. Uh, I can't swim, and I'm terrified of water. I'm terrified of going into the deep. And if I were to be in a local river and found out that there was a bull shark there, that to me would be very unsettling uh, because, A, I can't swim, and, B, uh, you know, like you said, shallow waters, you can put yourself in a lot of danger. So, yeah, good pick. Bull shark is... Definitely uh, one of the nastier ones that you don't want to mess with. And, uh, yeah, you are now leading off the th third round. Well, all right, recapping round two. Uh, first pick was Charles with the Greenland Shark. Dubay went with the Tiger Shark. And yours truly went with the Bull Shark. Now, starting off round three here, I'm going to take this one only because I'm worried that Charles is going to pick it later on down the list. Okay, this shark, its name comes from the Australian Aboriginal word meaning shaggy beard, right? They're also known as carpet sharks because they tend to live on the bottom of the ocean and have some, you know, in ornate patterns on their body. And that, of course, is the Australian wabigong. Okay, this animal here, 29, 29. Uh, unprovoked attacks on humans. It, um, this one here uh, is very aggressive, too. It's going to bite you and hang on. It's not going to let go. Uh, although it, it might not be uh, a very large creature um, by any means, it is definitely vicious enough and can cause some damage. Uh, the Wabigon. Any comments, gentlemen? You know, I'm actually quite upset about that pick that is i personally really like the name and the way the shark looked so i am a little uh little dissatisfied with the way this draft is now i'll be honest i did not have this this guy on my pre-draft sheet um but it, again still pretty fascinating at what it can do and um again i think we're also looking at unique sharks in this draft not just the common you know sharks that are you know very um you know, interesting for, for the general public, but ones that maybe are not as well known. And I think this one right off the bat um, screams as being pretty unique and pretty cool. Yeah, not not everybody knows about the Wabigon. You have to be a, a shark enthusiast um, to to know about that one. I learned of the Australian Wabigon from one of my heroes, Steve Irwin. Rest in peace to the crocodile hunter. Uh, it was a shark subspecies that, that got our boy, the crocodile hunter, though. It was the stingray. The stingray got him. All right. Moving on. Charles is scrolling through his phone here, not even looking at sharks. He's, like, looking at, whoa, whoa, whoa. at shorts or something. Uh, <laughs> Coach Dupay, your, your, yes. your, your next pick. Your next pick. Well, I'm going to be outside of the box on this one, too, and this is a, a shark that – Again, probably not as well known, but probably going to become a little more popular, especially with how it looks. And that is the 
very odd, very terrifying deep sea demon, the goblin shark. So the goblin shark is going to be my third pick. And what's interesting is that this shark thrives in very deep, very cold water. So it's very rare um, to find or film on camera, but we know that it's abundant, which means there's a lot of of these around, which is good that the species is uh, plentiful around the world. Um, But this goblin shark, again, if you look at the shape of its face, uh, again, kind of like the hammerhead, very unique, uh, a protruding jaw uh, that sticks out, um, almost looks like a unicorn, essentially. Uh, And the goblin shark, uh, again, is going to things on the ocean floor, super deep. And uh, with it being that deep, obviously not really a threat to humans unless, you know, there's some deep deep sea research taking place. But the goblin shark uh, is becoming more and more popular. And what's really cool about this, and I think that in, really we look at the deep seas, there's so many species that we haven't found yet. There's a lot of sharks that haven't been discovered. But this is what they call a living fossil. So basically one from, you know, prehistoric times or at least the lineage of 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 the sharks uh can be traced back to this point so the goblin shark to me um pretty cool pretty freaky and i would i i deep sea fish scare me because i think they're just like almost like outer space aliens and that's that's how crazy they are so uh that's that's number three on my list the goblin shark again not one that everybody knows but it was on an episode in Shark Week called Alien Sharks, where they went searching for this guy. It's not a large creature. Not a large creature, the, the goblin shark. Uh, it, hey, rare. Hard to find. Charles. Fear factor is very important. Yeah, I mean, if we're, again, if we're assembling a, a team of sharks to rule the ocean, uh, people see that goblin shark coming. It's like that little tiny guy that knows karate in the group right? <laughs> and has that tough look. Like, he might be all tatted up um, and uh, come walking in and you're like, all right, I don't know about that guy there. He probably, uh, even though he might be smaller than me, he probably could still beat me down and cause some injury. Right, unlike Charles. Okay. Uh, on the topic of... <laughs> On the topic of intimidating sharks and intimidating people, uh, I would have to go with my for my third round pick. I would have to go with the saw sawnose shark, the sawfish, which is actually a shark species. It's closely related to the ray and skate. Uh, they can get over twenty one feet long, and their entire snout is an array of spiny teeth, which can be used to cut and dice. Yeah, uh, that that shark known as the the rostrum at the front of that shark. Yeah, that is that is correct. Someone has done their research. Uh, the saw shark can get over 21 feet long, and the snout on it, 6 feet, which is a long, long snout. And they'll tend to, like, swim into a group of fish and, like, slam their head side to side and just shred everything in front of them, and they need it, right? Intimidating. Vicious. I mean, the thing's carrying a chainsaw on the front of its nose. I mean, that, that's a, that's a strong pick. Any opinions on the sawfish? No, I, I think uh, we've had three straight picks here with more unique-looking sharks and sharks that do different things. So, yeah, good pick there, Charles. All right. So we're moving into round four. We're almost there. We're almost to the end here of our draft. Charles, in snake draft fashion, you have the first pick. 
of round four. Uh, I'm going to go with another deep sea fish, uh, the frilled shark, which is a ridiculous looking fish. If any of you ever have the opportunity to look one up, it is about six feet long, uh, stays in the deep, but poses almost no threat to humans. But I think with my team, I'm really going for scary factor. I mean, I've already got the Greenland shark soft fish and I might as well, you know, add on top of it. The, uh, the frilled shark is has multiple has multiple it gets its name from its multiple flared gills on the side and is known to eat fish two times its size. The frilled shark, another one of those alien sharks here coming out by Charles. Um, I'm not too familiar with with this shark. Um, I do remember seeing something about it. Um, but I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm not that familiar. Anything on the frilled shark? Not until my research about an hour and a half ago. Um, the, but it does, it does again, kind of evoke some of those horrific, uh, images that you see from the deep sea fish. And, uh, one thing you would not want to mess with, uh, if you were a creature down that, that, that low. Um, but again, a pretty unique shark there. I think those are some cool back-to-back picks there from Charles. Thank you. So we are now into the second pick of the fourth round. Coach Dubay, that goes to you and your fourth round pick. Yeah, thanks, Whit. Uh, so this guy, a uh, little guy, not uh, not too deadly when it comes to you know uh, human attacks, but this is a shark that is uh, mobile. It is swifty. It is something that can move uh, in open ocean, and that would be the thresher shark. So a thresher shark, again, is typically, uh, you know, I think a lot of shark enthusiasts are, are kind of attached to it because of its uh, unique tail. It's got an elongated, um, you know, back fin, back tail. And it's a shark, uh, sadly, that has uh, really been endangered in the last 20, 30 years because uh, it's considered a delicacy. It's considered a big-time game fish. So a lot of you know, uh, fishing enthusiasts will go out and they will seek the thresher shark. Um, so its numbers are dwindling, and it's a shark that you know we want to make sure we still see around. So hopefully, you know, its numbers can go back up soon. Uh, but it is one of those sharks that's really on red alert when it comes to extinction. So uh, I look at it as the little velociraptor of the ocean, and uh, the thresher shark is a cool one, and that's my fourth pick. Yeah, I mean, that thresher shark, the very unique elongated tail, uh, that whip attack that it would use, it almost sounds like a Pokemon. um, And, uh, you know, with that, um, as far as the the shark will swim near its prey and kind of snap its tail to stun the prey and then uh, take it, take advantage of it and and finish the job. Right. So the thresher shark, Coach Dubay's fourth round, fourth round pick. Here in our Iron Dread Podcast Shark Draft. Uh, For my fourth round pick, I'm next. I'm going with one, and this one is probably one of the most common viewed sharks by human beings. uh, Because there are many of them in aquariums. Uh, I've seen this uh, particular species in many different aquariums that I've visited around our country. And that would be the sand tiger shark. Uh, the sand tiger shark responsible for 29 attacks on humans. Um, none of them have been fatal. Uh, normally, this is kind of a very placid or, or slow-moving, calm, fish-eating shark. But I tell you what, they 
foot the bill as far as looking mean and aggressive, the Sand Tiger. Yeah, I think, you know, you look at this shark as one that is common, but at the same time, one that uh, I wouldn't want to mess with. And I think that they have recently increased the amount of attacks. Uh, You know, I was looking at some of the top 10 in terms of deadly sharks or attacking sharks and Sand Tiger is starting to appear on that list more frequently. So definitely a shark that people should be weary of out in the open ocean. Yeah, I mean, because they tend to live near the coral reefs. And a lot of people like to go free diving uh, in or scuba diving in around the reefs. Um, spear fishermen um, are also running the risk of uh, interacting with these guys because, I mean, they're competing for the same prey. Um, yeah, but again, the sand tiger, uh, not overly an aggressive species, but, again, what, what do we say, 29 uh, interactions or 29 attacks uh, on humans. So that brings us to the end of round four. We're going to come into our final round. I am privileged to have the first pick of the final round, and that will be the it's, – it's like a my, – my fifth-round pick is like a cousin to the Mako. Um, known for speed and aggressiveness uh, out in the open ocean, a long, sleek design – uh, to get through that water uh, and move at high speeds. 13 recorded attacks uh, on humans. Um, however, this shark is decimated. Decimated by we humans as far as 10 to 20 million of them dying every year. Uh, this shark is often fished for uh, for sport and caught in deep sea nets. And that is the blue shark. Long, sleek body, designed for speed, um, lives out in the open ocean. The blue shark is my final fifth-round pick, Coach Jube. Yeah, and uh, again, a good pick, solid pick. Um, A shark that uh, for a while was very common, very uh, recognizable. You know, you you would say great white shark, you'd say blue shark, you would say tiger shark, and it always kind of fit in with the big boys. And uh, it's sad to see that the blue shark is now – um, you know, being overfished and basically, uh, you know, put into a dangerous situation in terms of existence. Uh, but again, a, a, a shark that I think really rounds out your list in a, in a great way. And I think that uh, your top five are, are, are all solid choices. So when we look at it at the end, I think you're going to have, uh, you know, a lot of people look at it and go, oh, it's a quality list. Thank you. I'm very proud. I'm very proud of this, and we'll summarize them at the end. But we still have two more picks to go, Coach Dubay, and you are up with your final pick. Yeah, so I am going to go with a shark that, you know, for all intents and purposes, is going to be the gentle giant of this bunch, and that would be the whale shark. Whale sharks uh, are massive. Uh, in fact, the biggest uh, known fish uh, in the animal kingdom. Now, a reminder, again, whales are not fish. They are mammals, so don't get confused. Uh, but the whale shark uh, is a, again, like I mentioned, gentle giant. It's going to basically be a filter feeder, meaning that it has teeth that are designed uh, to absorb and basically munch on plankton. So plankton, shrimp, krill, uh, very you know microscopic organisms uh, also included in that bunch. And that's that's what they do. They, they sweep 
the ocean and they'll uh, they'll inhale essentially all of these uh, little guys uh, for their food. Uh, but the whale shark, uh, again, really cool. I think a lot of people are really, a lot of people that get into diving or get into uh, oceanic photography, they really look to, to get in with the whale sharks because the whale sharks are massive, um, but also non-threatening. So cool shark, uh, always a shark that I think has been uh, one of the ones that's underrated, doesn't get enough credit, um, but it's big and it's, uh, you know, one of those things that I think uh, moving forward uh, will be a shark that a lot of people start, you know, looking at more often. Yeah, I mean, I think when it, when it comes to uh, a shark that will be recognized by people, uh, for sure, the whale shark definitely won because it's it's the biggest uh is it deadly to humans uh no not at all there's been many videos out there of divers swimming alongside uh whale sharks grabbing onto their fins and swimming with them and sharing the the water with them uh the whale sharks i i think they're they're really cool because they're a massive massive fish um also i believe there is the only place in the world that has whale sharks in captivity is actually the aquarium in atlanta georgia the georgia aquarium uh, we could double check on that. Um, the the Georgia Aquarium, I believe, is the only place that has whale sharks in captivity, and it's a a, a massive enclosure. Uh, Coach Dubay is nodding his head at me. The Georgia Aquarium. Yeah, and it looks like uh, some of the recent uh, whale sharks that have been there recently just actually passed away. So they were in captivity in that massive uh, aquarium. Uh, they they live. A decent amount of uh, years, but they recently passed away. Um, they were there for roughly 13 or 14 years. So it'd be interesting to see if now that they have two that passed away, they're going to try to bring in more for the future. But again, big and and very friendly. So the final pick of our shark draft belongs to you, Charles Munson. Mr. Shark Irrelevant, if you will. The final pick of the draft. Sir Charles, what is your selection? I'll be going with an uncommon and uh, rare shark called the Seven Gill, broad, the Broadnose Seven Gill Shark to be specific. Uh, it is one of the very few family, it is the only family member of the uh, of the genus and it is, uh, it, it has no known attacks or fatalities of humans and is just all around a really cool looking shark, you know. I'm looking at my roster right now and I'm just, I'm thinking I'm going to try and make it as cool and as intimidating as possible. Uh, they are not really not really anything special when it comes to aggression or uh, anything cool, but I just I just think they uh, I just think it fits in real nice with my team. I mean, I definitely think it does fit in with your team with the ones you drafted. Uh, Seven Gill Shark rounding out a draft of the first round being the Short Fin Mako, second round Greenland Shark. Third round, the sawfish. Fourth round, the frilled shark. And, of course, as we mentioned, the seven gill shark. Your final final pick of the round, Mr. Charles Munson. Uh, recap, Coach Dubay with the giant hammerhead or the great hammerhead as first pick. Tiger shark as his second. Goblin shark. Thresher shark. Whale shark. Coach Dubay uh, drafting a quality squad yours truly with the white shark bull shark wabigan 
Sand Tiger Shark. And my final pick was the Blue Shark. Uh, any um, kind of closing remarks here, gentlemen, before we talk about what we're going to do with these teams here on social media? No, I think it was a great little idea. I love that we were able to put this together for the first time, and it, it leads us to thinking, hey, we could probably do one of these drafts with a lot of different topics coming up. So uh, in honor of Shark Week, I think this worked out really well. We had a great cast of characters and a lot of you know, unique and cool sharks, and I think uh, we're going to let the audiences take a look now and see, see who, who has the best. Yeah, ultimately it's going to be down to our audience uh, and people who listen voting on our poll on social media as to you know which one of us drafted the most awesome or jawsome, if you will, <laughs> shark team. Um, Mr. Munson, any closing remarks here on your team or the draft in general? You know, I think this is a really great idea, and I want to thank you for having me out uh, on this podcast. Uh, I can't wait to see what the results are. I personally think I will win, uh, per usual. Uh, I think uh, I think I just got a lot of fan favorites, and I'm I'm just worried for you two, to be honest. I I would be worried. Uh, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's what I'm going to leave you with. Yeah, well, he's also going to troll social media to try and pad the vote in his favor. <laughs> Just don't don't even care about the Sharks and Shark Week and the whole reason why we did this to honor Shark Week. Just vote for me because I'm Charles. You know what? That's a that's a great that's a great reflection of my ways and my philosophy. It's all right. I'll get Quinn Munson on my side and I'll he'll have his whole crew voting for me. Or Coach Dubay. All right, gentlemen. Well, I thank you for your time. I'm sorry we could not get the video to work on this to all our viewers and listeners. Uh, we are going to post this up to YouTube anyway. We'll just have the audio on YouTube. Uh, hopefully, we can get that squared away and fixed. Gentlemen, great draft. We'll see how it pans out.